I'm broadcasting. If anyone is listening, if anyone has survived, stay put. Do not go out into the darkness. I, I think that it's gone. I think that everything is back to the way it was. For now. Oh, Michael. I see what he did now was right. He got out. <laughs> I believe the plan to get the generator back on is insurmountable. Not just insurmountable, but ill-advised. If you get lost inside it, everything just... It is better to die. Hypothermia is our savior. For my own sake, I will imagine now that all of you are huddled in the canteen, listening to my words. Dr. Bright, Dr. Plainview, Bloomberg, Dr. B oh, Dr. Glass, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I, I tried. You have to believe me, Doctor. Doctor, the names, don't forget, Dr. Frederick. Dr. Denim! Damn it, Denim! It's not just the names. It takes everything. I don't mean the body, the physical form. I don't mean the crack of bones or the tearing of muscle. It takes those, and then it takes, and it takes, and I've seen what's left. Nothing. They don't, they don't mean death. They don't leave air, or empty space, or memories. They leave behind nothing. And there is nothing where once you lived, and breathed, and ate, and loved. Can't describe it! They're not gone. They aren't dead. They're nothing. Do not leave the darkness. Our Savior will come in time. We simply need to wait, wait, and, and while we wait, we can. When I was a child, my father would take me fishing. Once he woke me up when it was hours before dawn, he insisted on being clandestine. I got dressed quietly and we walked through our neighbor's fields. I must have fallen asleep because I remember waking as my father set me down on the rowboat. I asked him how we afforded the boat. He said that it was my boat. It was a tiny thing, and of poor craftsmanship I now know. But at the time, <laughs> I was nearly in tears. I felt as though I could be free as though owning this would remove the chains I had borne. I don't recall much about that morning, but I know what it felt like. I knew that it would be a paradigm shift, that my relationship with my father would never be the same, because there was now an unspoken trust that can exist only between two keepers of a secret that the whole world is not privy to. The water was black in the darkness, almost a shimmering purple. I had never been there before, and I would never be again.
I'm not even sure if it was a river or a lake. I know it seemed as wide as the sky and as deep as the ocean, but I was much smaller then. It didn't feel like I fell. It felt like the world spun, and suddenly I was rushing upwards into the sky. But the sky was wet when I touched it, and I couldn't breathe. I felt lost. There was darkness everywhere, and the darkness smelled like smoke. The darkness smelled like my father's pipe smoke. It was everywhere. It was difficult to move because the darkness was substantial, like sand. The smell began to change to that of acrid, burnt meat. I could feel the darkness between my fingers. I tried to claw at it to dig my way out. The first voice I heard spoke in tongues. It lasted only a few minutes. I was unable to follow it. I then heard one man's voice. I mustered all of my will and dug toward him. He began to beg me for forgiveness. I tried to follow him, scraping my broken nails against the corporeal darkness, but I could not find him. I followed him for what must have been days or weeks. When I lost him, it almost took me. I raged against it, the darkness scraping away my eyes, until I heard the screaming. Dozens, maybe hundreds of voices. Men, women, children. They were all screaming. I was screaming. I was clawing toward them. As one voice fell away, I found another. They screamed like the damned, sometimes cursing my clawing approach, sometimes just screaming. There came something that wasn't a sound. I couldn't see it in the darkness, and it wasn't a sound, but it was there. I have to admit something. I could have stopped Michael. I could have stopped Michael yesterday, but something happened to me. I experienced the same thing as I watched Dr. Kennedy step out of the station and into the cold that I experienced that night in the lake, in the darkness. I thought it was the storm outside at first, but it wasn't. It felt the same both times. I felt wind beating against me that wasn't wind. It came in arrhythmic, booming crashes. It felt like ancient trees slamming into the ground. My body began to shake, faster and faster, until it was a constant, tingling sensation. I felt something was pounding to get in, to get warm, to get to me. I felt it in my chest like a marching drum. And then I came upon a warmth, an aura of comfort. I don't know how I got out of the darkness, but I must have, because I am here now. I grew into an adult. I made it to Antarctica, my dream, to Penhurst. And I will die here, or at least, I hope I will get the chance to. Perhaps I will. What is, what is, what is? I see a door at 
the rear of the broadcast station. It was not there a moment ago. It says, Ronald DeFeo, archaeologist. And they're near the broadcast station. I can't see you. If it comes, oh, us back. Oh no, no, there are two. I can tell. You can see this town called Gotham.